After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. Academic Roundtable of Pop Culture Analysis with Drinking and Swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Anna and Katya. How's it going, guys? Um, well, so, uh, better, better this afternoon than yeah. I was doing yesterday. There was a, there was a yeah. new Marble League. New Marble League happened today. That was yes. the most exciting thing that happened all week. That's what we're going to talk about for the entire show, right? Yes. No, uh, no, don't, don't because, turn off the show. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we're going to do, though, um... I guess the way you can put it is like, um, like three years ago, I went to Michigan and my aunt and uncle took me to the Detroit Institute of the Arts. And uh-huh. at th- this has a point, I swear. Um, <laughs> and in, in at the Institute of the Arts, there is a painting called The Nightmare. Oh, it's a painting of this woman. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It's a painting of this woman. And there's this horrific creature just like sitting on her chest. And there's also like a creepy horse head. Um, and so like Josh and like some women who we became friendly with because we stared at this pain and horror for like 20 minutes and just talked about how messed up it is. Um, like anyway, that that has been the past four years, just like this creepy <laughs> demon thing sitting on my chest. And that is somewhat gone away now. Somewhat. 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 So for, somewhat. We, we should we should cue the listener in. Because of how podcast time travel works, we should cue, cue the listeners in on exactly where we are. The three of us are recording this uh, three, four hours now after all the major networks have called the United States election for Joe Biden. Thus, at least well, I was going to say ending, but, you know, at least showing the end of the tunnel for the long nightmare. That if we, if you live in this country and you're us, you've been living under for the last four years. So that's what. So we're in a good mood, you know. That, um, at least in a better mood. In a, we're, I'm, I'm, okay. in a, I'm willing to say that right now, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yes. But at this moment, this moment right now, as we record, I'm in a pretty good mood. I might be in yeah. less of a good mood by the time this episode drops in a couple of days. Yeah, but, that's fair. But, that but seems- right now. Things are things are feeling pretty pretty okay. Um, I think I'm just I'm just I'm tired. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I've been awake for days. <laughs> right. I think it's like we're you know it's physically tired, emotionally tired. Yes, all the kinds of tired. Because I think like we've all just been sitting. Because I mean, we've all been sitting at the edge of our seat for like the entire Four election years. cycle, oh, which yeah. <laughs> basically has been the la- basically we started the day that Trump won twenty twenty sixteen election. Yeah, but I think like especially this week, like yeah, I haven't felt what it feels like to feel like constant like heightened stress response twenty four seven and not necessarily be able to like manage it. Yeah, in a minute. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like, um, I, I think I think all three of us in different ways over the course of the past four ish years have at some point done some sort of organizing against Trump in various ways, whether it be calling really? senators or <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know, but yeah. like the, the, the at this point, you know, like in terms of the presidential election this past week, like there was nothing really left to no. do. Like the votes had been cast. They were just <laughs> counting them. So right. we just didn't know what was going to happen, even if we had assurances by mm-hmm. anyone who claimed to know anything that it was going to be a Biden win somehow magically, despite right. doubts. Well, because well, we of should, what happened we should, also, should also fill in. I mean, you guys know this, but for for the listeners who don't know in the state of Pennsylvania, I am a poll worker. So on election day. I wake up at 5 a.m. and get all the machinery to where we open up. I open up the poll place. I take ballots all day. I'm in charge of counting them. And so my day on Tuesday went from 5 a.m. Tuesday morning and I went to bed at 5 a.m. Wednesday morning and then slept three or four hours. And I've been watching CNN ever since. <laughs> so just like everybody else. So I'm just kind of curious from like, a, especially from the, like, I mean, we are the pop culture podcast, but so from a cultural perspective, I'm just kind of curious, like, Mav, what, what did this year feel like at the polls? Like, <laughs> it's weird. Because it's like, not only is it like a bonkers election yeah. of like, yeah, the Trump Biden thing, which, but it's also COVID. Uh huh. <laughs> like, and also, I mean, and also like in, I wore an N95 mask for 14 straight hours. So anybody who complains about it, fuck you. Uh, (laughs) But uh, but like other than if I was taking it down from my nose and mouth to take a drink or or eat something for moments, I mean, I literally had the mask on the entire time that the polls were open and that we were there. Um, it, so the COVID of it all, just the logistics of dealing with COVID and trying to pass ballots to people without breathing on them or letting them breathe on you, um, is crazy. On top of that, um, before COVID happened, so this has nothing to do with the election, uh, last year, Pennsylvania, which is where I live, uh, we voted to change the machinery that we use to do our elections with. We went from, we went from touchscreen, um, voting machines to, um, Scantron ballots. So we had an all new system that no one understood. Um, and then on top of that, uh, we decided to, to have a global pandemic. <laughs> and um, so we had that to deal with. So we had record numbers of vote by mail. So like the the logistics of just doing the election were exhausting, ignoring the Trump of all of it. Right. Like ignoring all of that. It was just a crazy. Right. Day. Any, any one of these those things would have made it a bonkers year. Right. All of them together was just like, well, this is what we're doing now. And so so no one thinks that there's fixing of elections or anything. It, it, I always think it's funny when people when when people are like, well, the elections are fixed. You don't know, you know, the, the Russians, they pay those people. And I keep going, those people is me. And, and I assure you, I, I've not been bribed. I don't have bribery fixing an election money. And like the, and the logistics of even trying to just fix just one state's election, much less all of them. There are there are literally like 10,000 polling locations in the state of Pennsylvania. Like, and, and like just a casual reminder. Yeah. There has never been any discovery of widespread voter fraud. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much it's ever possible. Uh, it's so uh, yeah. possible. Specifically like Republican and conservative groups have like looked into 
voter fraud and it's like negligible and a lot of people like yeah. just made mistakes thinking they could legally vote right i'm, I'm um, sure yeah there are i mean so yeah there's no uh, massive with, conspiracy campaign scenes, yeah it's not you know when you see irregularities in elections 99.9999 percent of the time it's due to a mistake and what and and what i'm saying is you know we always you know, in in the simplest way we say every vote every vote matters and blah 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 and it does but there are errors but when we're talking about when i say errors well, it's like crowd, when we're, it's like yeah, when we're talking about, though right when we're talking about eight million votes right errors are like three yeah. <laughs> i mean or five i mean like they're they are minuscule amounts and and errors are like you know the machine missed a vote because the person didn't fill in the circle as much as you're supposed to do. Like it, you know, right. the circle voting works exactly like it does in like in elementary school when you took those little tests with Scantron, you know, like, so you might, you might have a vote count that's off by one out of 8 million. Like that can happen. So, so that's why we have, have recount laws when, you know, when, when it's within half a percent, you know, we, um, candidates sure. can, can, suggest recounts and then they go and they count them by hand and they double check and machine and they double check them again and then you'll see the vote total change by and again two or three votes because something was off but like at the level at which you can you know pennsylvania right now is a is a margin last i checked and again so you guys are listening at a different time than we're recording of like thirty thousand votes so that's right it, it is functionally impossible um to do but we switched to these new machines so we could have a paper trail so we could prove how functionally impossible it is to do and all of that and then on top of that you have this election where for political reasons and health reasons um biden has spent the entire last three months urging all of his followers please vote by mail please vote by mail right. please vote by mail don't show up at the polls vote by mail get your vote in early so that means that we had so in at my particular also, voting place also blue like i yeah. mean this is not pennsylvania but also blue states tend to have much more permissive absentee voter laws or yeah or you can be like my home state of oregon and just everyone votes absentee right. Right. which California's is more efficient I mean, cheaper yeah. mm -hmm. and you get a better paper trail right. It's well, just everyone yeah. should vote absentee. Well, Pennsylvania it's wasn't like that. Pennsylvania wasn't yeah, like that right. before just now. Um, to give you to give Those you uh, to give you an, uh, a, a scale for the particular voting precinct that I run. And again, you, you know, there's lots of different places. I, so the one where I work um, in an average election, I have in an average, I should say, a uh, presidential election because, you know, fewer people vote in like just local local congressional districts and and state offices. And they should they should vote, but they don't. So. In an average national election, I have somewhere between one and eight, usually around five or six absentee ballots. Um, I'll have like a military ballot. I know because the guy's name is Sergeant so-and-so and, -so and it's signed that way. Right. And I'll okay. have a military ballot and like, you know, a, a college student and maybe three old people who just have listed themselves as permanent. So like usually when I'm counting absentee votes, it's like six that I'll have. Uh, this year, there were 197 that were sent to my sent to just my precinct. And that was caught. That was true across the entire state of Pennsylvania. It's true across the other 49 states in DC. Like there was just massive amounts of mail-in votes. Um, some places like Katya said, like Oregon are prepared for that sort of thing. And I don't even want to say blue state versus red state, Florida also very prepared for that sort of thing. They've done it for forever. Um, Pennsylvania, this was new for us. So when you saw, if you watch the news and you're like, why is it taking them four days? We just were not prepared for, you know, 
for for half of our voters, half of the state's voters to be mailing their votes in. Um, that's a lot. And it and it's hard. And then, <laughs> um, if you don't have the infrastructure for it, just because we, you know, we didn't. So they knew it was going to happen and they started spinning up the infrastructure a few months ago. But it's still, you know, just people did the best they could. And then it ended up being close. And then you have to deal with all the all the politics of it and the legal challenges and, right. you know, so much. Well, so it was exhausting. It was it was crazy. and It was exhausting. Although I will say that's a, one of the things that I kind of hope comes out of this election is that people like absentee voting becomes much more normalized because in some states it's really difficult to vote absentee unless you have like a medical reason. Let's talk about that in Mississippi mm-hmm. because, well, this is my favorite hobby horse as all of you know. Um, Mississippi is my home state and it is okay. I've been voting absentee in Mississippi for years with the exception of this year when I've officially moved to North Carolina and you have to request your ballot and also uh, do a lot of like you have to make sure that when you request your ballot, if they send you the voter request form with your ballot, you have to make sure to meld them back separately. You have to sign across the flap. You have to get notarized. The person who notarizes has to sign it across the flap, so on and so forth. Like the way that absentee voting laws are written, like the statutes in Mississippi, Josh has a JD. I have a PhD in reading words. We both find it incomprehensible. <laughs> like seriously. Uh, I, and like in North Carolina, you can have anyone witness it. You just have to have them print their name, write their address, sign it, not even across the flap of the envelope, just sign it. It was so much easier. Um, Mississippi, in fact, uh, just is one of the worst states for voter suppression entirely for a lot of reasons, like voter ID, uh, felony laws, like like how to take away your like voters' rights, or they don't communicate well about like if you have them, if you commit certain types of crime. It, it's a whole mess. Um, and Tate Reeves is our current governor who does not have a mask mandate in Mississippi for COVID. I guess I shouldn't say R since I'm not Mississippi citizen anymore. And he said on November 5th, I will do everything in my power to ensure every ballot legally cast in the 2020 election. Mississippi gets counted no matter how long it takes. But based on what I see in other states today, I will do everything in my power to make sure universal mail-in voting, no excuse, early voting are not allowed in Mississippi. Not while I'm governor. Too much chaos. Only way it'll happen is if many GOP legislators override a veto. Thing. Like, is if you actually, I mean, this is, this is one of the things I find, find bonkers. So in Oregon, there are technically polling places if you want to vote in person. Mm-hmm. Like, the vast majority, and I would say more than 90% of people vote absentee. It is not chaotic. In fact, the opposite, because you're not dealing with crazy ass lines and all this stuff where people are standing at, like standing around waiting to vote for hours and hours. It is, I think, actually the more civilized and orderly way to vote, especially because we as a country, which this is dumb, do not like voting. You know, we vote on a Tuesday and it's not a federal holiday. Right. Mm-hmm. Absentee voting is, is like the one of the easiest ways to deal with that issue for like us mere plebeians who have to work for a living. <laughs> like, like an early voting in person and early absentee mail in voting like in North Carolina and North Carolina, right. unlike Pennsylvania, was able to like tabulate the votes as mm-hmm. they were turned in based on a certain system that no one listening to this podcast really cares about. Um, so like the reason why North Carolina's early voting numbers were uploaded so fast um, on election night was because they weren't being counted. Like you didn't have to wait until everything else was counted until you counted them in, mm-hmm. in Mississippi. My parents who did have to you know go vote in person, uh, even though they're in the high risk category for COVID 
because of their age. Thanks, Tate Reeves and the GOP legislature. Thanks so much. I'm so happy about that. Um, They had to wait in line for hours. My parents have never had to wait in line for hours to vote. They actually Mm -hmm. live in a place where there are a decent amount of places for people to go vote. Um, unlike other parts of Mississippi, but like that, I mean, it's, it's just like, like you shouldn't have to wait two hours in line to vote or more. That is a voter suppression tactic. And I'm just, I'm furious, but you know, Mississippi did choose a new state flag and legalized medical marijuana (laughs) and got rid of an old racist Jim Crow law. Um, so now it'll be easier to elect people. The state legislature doesn't like the office. So yeah progress i guess oh so um, you said progress but i mean i, I guess we, should, we should we never really talked about the topic we just sort of launched into it but yeah. but this is i mean so obviously we're doing a political show today surprise it's not really about marble league um but, but the i i mean what i what i'm curious about we, we had a lot going on this this election cycle and we've made if you listen to our show um, and we've talked about this, the four of us, the three of us and Wayne, we've talked about this exactly where, you know, where we wanted the show to be as sort of like, you know, we, we've had people on you know, people. Listen, we have people on who have varying politics. Um, more of our guests tend to be liberal just because we get a lot of academic guests and they tend that way. But we've had some conservative guests and we will continue to um, obviously all four of the hosts are, you know, we all tend to be pretty liberal um, extremely liberal and I mean, if no, not just in left, fact yeah if not left of liberal um, <laughs> I, um, i'm still laughing at that youtube comment right oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yes yeah. an odd little marxist show yes yes that yes. is what we are um but but um but but we we had made this dedicated sort of move to not sort of you know and we've talked about this you know to not not be too antagonistic but we're but we're gonna be honest right so it's not like we've um it's not like we're just like oh you know fuck donald trump you know but but clearly that's how we feel so so and 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 like and i think was it either last week or two weeks ago i think it was last week because it was the show before election day and i and i said something like you know go here's here's your deal vote you know vote donald trump out of office vote in joe biden and then you get to hear us spend the next four years complaining about joe biden won't that be fun because you know i don't like joe biden me personally and we we probably yeah. vary between the yeah. four of us we probably vary a little bit on it um i thought Did i call my him wife, the most uninspiring of all the candidates except I, with the exception of a couple like from, from my perspective from my perspective, he's a Republican in a blue tie. I don't like him at all. <laughs> um, and, and he, and would not, you know, would not have wanted to vote for him, but for the fact that like, well, the alternative was a literal Nazi. So, <laughs> so, so, so he see the election. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so which I think is also why like the election results are less than like, yeah, I don't know. This isn't this isn't like I mean, remember, like, so the first president presidential election I voted in was Obama's first election. And I was like, this is not that. No, because it's like this was more of a I am voting to not have Trump in office rather mm-hmm. than I am right. voting for Biden. Is- like, I'm excited. We have the first like female vice president. Sure. The first pre- vice yeah. president of color. Like, that's exciting. But yeah. it's like also like. From a policy standpoint, I'm kind of like, well, from a policy standpoint, I'm I'm going, this is great. We have a normal president who I can just hate in peace, like a normal person, instead of worrying that I might be nuked at any moment. And that's. 
great. You know, <laughs> that's progress. Right. So, so like what we're doing today, if people haven't figured it out is this, this, this show is sort of I, I, what I think we're, we want to talk about is, okay, that's done. So now what? <laughs> you oh, know? I, all like, I, now I, all I hear is uh, King George from Hamilton in my head. Like what happens now? Yeah. You know? Um, but oh. jo- like, like John, you know, the John Adams is a super uninspiring guy song. Just speaking of Hamilton. So I, you know, f- for listeners who don't know, and, and, and I don't think either of you do because you're not as crazy as I am. Um, I, fo- I started following Donald Trump on Twitter, uh, the day after the 2016 presidential election. And I, and I look forward to inauguration day when I will unfollow him on Twitter because you might it not is, have to, he might yeah. get deleted from Twitter. Yeah, delete it. But it but it is it is a it is affecting my sanity, but I've 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 felt I've felt very very um clearly my, my feeling is um Donald Trump is president of the United States and because he is president of the United States, I need to know what he's thinking at all times. Um the the only good thing I will say about Donald Trump is he's nice enough to tell me. He has no filter. If he thinks something he will type it out and <laughs> and, and tweet it immediately. And I need to know because he could be planning to send a nuke directly at me and then he'll announce it so that so that's why i follow him yeah and and it's it's that sort of thing um but now you know he's got he's got 74 days left to destroy the country um or the planet um and as soon as he you know as soon as he gets there he will you know he will but like what's what's great about me about him right now is rather than just trying to seek revenge He's very he's very consumed right now with tweeting about like how he's going to he still thinks it's not over and he's going to win the state in this state. And you were talking about Hamilton because like every time he tweets, like I just like start I start on like my home pod. I just start playing. Um, you don't have the votes. I was trying to find this tweet again, but somebody basically said that like all of the uh, court filings he's making without evidence. He's like, that's basically like f- tweeting with a fee. Yes. Yeah. I'm like that's actually I'm like, yeah, which is basically because like, like basically, I mean, I haven't been keeping track of like all of them, but more or less they've been like Maribus. courts have been being like, no, mm-hmm. no, this is dumb and throwing mm-hmm. them out. Yes. Which is like, I don't think anyone is surprised by that. Yeah, he got one. He did. He did, he, he has passed one, one, and one here and there. Like in Philly, he complained, or you know, he, just, he the the campaign complained that they weren't um, that they weren't giving they weren't given access close enough to the county, um, and they took him to court. And the court said, "Yeah, you're right." So they moved him like two feet closer. Like, yes, this was an actual court case Woo. that we did. And he celebrated. He's like, we had a big victory in Pennsylvania today. And I'm like, yeah, did you? Like, did you uh, really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure, you can stand to just stay right. out the way. Well, they like, just move, well, they move them people, over there. He's stunting for people who only read headlines. And by only read headlines, I mean, like they read the his Twitter. That- they don't even read headlines. Right. They read his Twitter. And they're not actually like a, a court case was won. They're not actually going to look into what it was. Mm-hmm. And like, which I mean, it's it's Trump. He, he panders. I don't think. He, no, I mean, there I, was uh, I was listening to the Crooked Media podcast and they were talking. I think it was Crooked Media that they were talking about it. But anyway, that, like basically that reports were that people in the White House because he was doing the whole like stop voting, stop counting the votes, stop counting the votes. People were having to explain to him, like, if you stop counting votes right now. You Biden will wins. lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't, and especially like, I think once it became clear that like Trump, 
you know, regardless of kind of what happened with the last states, like Trump, there was no road to 270 after a certain point. Yeah, there hasn't like, been. Even, uh, even before, like, it was it was unclear whether whether Biden was going to fully get to 270. It's like Trump um, was not going to get there. There mm-hmm. was uh, since about Wednesday, middle of the day, Trump's um, Trump's. Well, I, I shouldn't say there there was a road to 270. He could have won the rest. If he'd won the rest, he would have done it. But right, which would have been it would have been it was impossible it's, because statistically was highly unlikely. Yeah. Um, for for most of this time, he has been fighting for 269 because there was a path where there was a path where if Biden had taken, I mean, Biden had a lot of like essentially any two states would have done it for him and yeah. and or Pennsylvania would have done it for him. And there was still the weird possibility where Biden could lose everything except for Georgia, at which point he would have been they would have both been at 269. But Trump needed the rest in order to get to 270. Um, Can and- I just say thank you, 2020, for having mercy on us finally? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> no, hold you like today is a day like everyone needs to take the weekend to like celebrate this thing and have a sigh of relief. But like the lame duck period is here. Yeah. 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 I mean, and yeah. it's going to be a it's going to be a, it's going to be a time, guys. Just yeah. Everything's going to be a time. Uh, and well, you know, COVID's it's, it's, rising. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, I mean, it's Monday for, it's Monday for the listener or even later. Cause you know, I don't know when people listen to the show, but like it just once he realizes that he's not going to win, I want to keep him occupied with meaningless court cases from now until January 20th. Let him just let him fight fine because I, yeah. I am not, I'm not convinced of him, not just taking the country down out of spite. Mm-hmm. I am not convinced that I am not convinced that he won't start a war with Canada. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that he won't burn the White House down on January 19th. I, I don't know. Like, well, he's, he, if he burns it down, he can't barricade himself within the Oval Office and refuse to leave. Um, Trump once tweeted a picture. Of, again, I, I follow him on Twitter. Trump once oh, tweeted a picture of him of him fiddling with the world burning. And like, yeah, that one of his followers tweeted at him. He thought it was cool. It was a, a Photoshop together picture like him. Well, because as, as long as he's not and the center like, of the universe, it's not worth it. Like, like, I don't think you understand what that picture means. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he, or maybe he does understand. And he's just uh, it's just so much. I, I you know, yeah. I have given up trying to understand the mind of Donald Trump. Um, I don't think there's any I, value in it. Like, I don't think there's no, any there's value, no value like, in it. Like, like you, like, it's more important to understand like the Donald Trump effect that he has on other people. Like, what yeah. goes on in his own mind at this point? At one point, was like interesting and seemed urgent. And at this point, I'm just like, I don't care. No, like, I don't care. Uh, I want the man to go away. This is why I don't follow him on and, Twitter. Like, oh yeah, it's oh god. His Twitter would be hilarious if it wasn't like if it was just like. If it was just a, a weird comedy like SNL sketch that was happening on Twitter, it'd be okay. hilarious. But in real life, it's <laughs> okay, it's just like actually ruining people's lives. Yeah, but you know, this is why SNL isn't funny and hasn't been funny in a long time because the real world is just like so darkly like horrific, but also like makes you laugh because like this is where we are right now. Um, that like you they, they don't do anything with it besides like try and make it slightly ridiculous, but somehow it undershoots what is actually happening in the world. I mean, <laughs> like, um, yeah, so SNL 
should like how can you top them booking the wrong four seasons for a press conference i don't you know like uh i don't know if they booked it or if they booked the wrong one or they were just told no or it's unclear so uh uh, to explain to people what you mean you know or you know they booked the four seasons for their lawyer press conference kind of very nice lovely hotel that everybody should know about if they're not if they're from our country and um what did they actually get hannah uh the four seasons landscaping <laughs> the kind of Four Seasons landscaping company because the Four Seasons he he announced it on his Twitter and then Four Seasons like the corporation on their Twitter immediately after announced just to be clear um, Donald Trump's legal team is not booked for a press conference at our property and it is the Four Seasons landscaping company which is directly between and I am not making this up directly between a dildo shop and a crematorium. You live in a weird world, guys. (laughs) That's where where the president's going to address the nation because (laughs) because the writing on this season of America sucks. The thing is, is he also he's been as as it was officially called by most of the networks that Biden is the president elect. Trump was at the golf course, of course, and everyone's been celebrating in the streets of D.C. So he had to drive back and see everyone cheering his demise. Yeah, they were. Um, oh, people, I mean, people were outside of the outside of the White House screaming, "Nah, nah, 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 nah!" nah. Oh my god! Hey, goodbye. Yeah, That's it's, it's 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 been so wonderful. It, it's been. Um, I, I think I said I sent a tweet out earlier where I pointed out that CNN was kind of just just showing footage from different places in in the United States where they were celebrating in the so streets. So like the end of like Return of the Jedi. Yeah. The yeah. Empire Falls, yeah. Yeah. Or or or, <laughs> or Independence Day or any of those things where yeah. everybody's just partying. And they went and they went to Atlanta and they were like, oh, look, the people are doing the electric slide. And I'm just like, oh, that's so cute. That's. That's not the electric slide. It's the Cupid shuffle. But, you know, I, 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 so, I so appreciate that they're at least acknowledging black culture. Um, but, but, but it was it, it, it's just been there's it's been so celebratory. It's been I mean, here's the good news. Like you said, you said the you know, Kamala Harris. That's the one thing I'm actually excited about, you know, and just because I think it is monumental as a thing. Um, and uh, I mean, by the time by the time this episode drops, I'm going to be deep into, you know, OK, now I got to worry. How do we manage Biden for the next four years? Um, because it, that's that's what it's going to be. So that's again, I want to ask, you know, so now what? Where are we? Where are we as a nation? We're not we're not in a utopia. That's not that's not what this is about. Well, this is no. about before, this is about fending off the apocalypse. Before we get to, to the the managing Biden, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the 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 thing that I think I hope people don't lose sight of is Trump might be out of the White House, but he's not out of the world. And the people who followed him, also like, him aren't out of their jobs. Mitch right. McConnell. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the people he put in place are, are are still there, and you know some of them will be going out with his ca- like his cabinet, and others, you know, staffers, and you know, obviously Supreme Court judges will be there. But I think more concerning to me is to me 2016 the 2016 election was about basically showing basically people like especially people that are moderately on the left and relatively sheltered that actually there's a substantial part of this country 
that is bonkers is the polite term. Doesn't seem to think, think eugenics are bad. Yeah, people who don't, people who think eugenics is good, and as we know on this show, eugenics bad. Eugenics bad. <laughs> eugenics <laughs> bad. Uh, yeah, so people that basically like that either are willing to put their head like do the whole ostrich thing mm-hmm. and just like ignore you know racist bigotry, white yes. supremacy, mm-hmm. and people who even if they may not seem like it, are at least complacent with white supremacy at the very least. And frankly, that's, I mean, I think they're tied together because yes. I, mm-hmm. Biden is one of those people that I'm worried about. Now he's gotten better. Biden can learn. This is what I like about Biden. Joe Biden can learn and can be better. And, you know, you kind of want that in a president as opposed to the guy who was actively trying to cause it. So even it's, it's, it's basically at the most basic level, it's Biden is responsive to shame. Yes. Biden is responsive to public opinion in a way that Trump is not. He understands Um, which way the wind is blowing. Yes. So even whether or not I, you know, there's many things I disagree with Biden on, but to get back to my point is it's like the Trump, the Trump, the Trumpets, the the voters, people, they are still here. Trump still got more votes than anybody who's ever run for president, except for Joe Biden. You have to understand that. Yeah. Like he, Cause they, like, yeah, because they they went out and found new Trump voters, right? And right. so, so it's like people like I'm I'm a little concerned that we're gonna have the whole thing of like you know like the stupid women's mark shines where like white ladies basically saying like oh if if you know if Trump you know Trump didn't win I would be getting like Sunday brunch or whatever the hell it's like no 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 sweetie that's not right that's not what we're gonna do we're not I think I think AOC said something about this something about this it's like we're not going back to brunch people like this is not you need yeah, well, because the problems are still gonna exist there's there's less power behind them yeah maybe but they're still See, there. that's what I'm worried about I'm not sure that there's less power behind them yeah. I'm I'm I think there's I'm less of a, I'm, I think there's less of a figurehead for them and and that's kind of one of the things that I always hate I hate when people um this is this is news media this is pundits this is um other academics who aren't the hosts of this show because we have we, we tend to have a different thing so this is this is going to be me going to war with your typical liberal here just for a moment um i hate the mentality i absolutely hate the mentality of this won't happen because this is not who we are as a nation we we are better than this no we fucking are not what okay? is what was our nation founded on you guys yeah. Pop quiz. slavery like if we were better than this, we wouldn't have just gone through this. Slavery right. and oppression, and uh, genocide, uh, genocide, yeah, um, yeah. And, do, do you ta- know. and and tax evasion. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah. That's, that's what we did. We're not better than this. Like, y- yes, Biden won. Yay, neoliberalism or something. But like, <laughs> but like he won against someone who represented literal oppression someone who's still trying to take it back through literal oppression and 50 percent of the voters which means 25 percent of the country because half the country doesn't vote um 25 of the country is actively trying to egg him on and cheer him on to somehow pull this out they're not going away and, and you i know, also I, hate yeah. how the well, hold on because i also oh, yeah. hate how the liberals like to say well it's not most people because you know 50 percent of those voters don't didn't vote and they think that those 50 percent of the people who didn't vote are automatically democrats no they are not they're probably they are not who, yeah they are people who at best sort of kind of agree with you 
possibly completely disagree with you and, and agree with the other side or don't fucking care at all. It's still a problem. This is who we are as a country. And the reason that there's systemic racism, systemic sexism, um, systemic uh, transphobia, transphobia, every other thing that you hate is because we are who that is as a nation and we need to work on it rather than just pretending, well, we pulled the right button for the magic man who's going to save us all. We're done. Let's go back to brunch. And I, I hate mean, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen to like what Joe Biden has to say on just police brutality about shooting in the, leg. in the leg. And so that, and, and like you can see, he's not like the man to do that. Um, but like, I, I think that like also speaking to the question of, well, they're just going to go away. I actually think that that's, Absolutely not true. I mean, the exit polls were kind of skewed this year because Mm -hmm. of who was going to the polls in person. Right. But, you know, Trump's numbers went up in demographic categories. Sort of. Sort of. of, Yeah, we're not sure on that. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, You should should explain that because that's important because that keeps coming up in the news. Well, Trump won 20 percent of black men. He won 20 percent of black men at polls in the year that you told everybody to vote by mail. Right. I'm thinking I'm being more <laughs> right. like specifically that like Democrats were getting that message. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, because Trump was encouraging people to go to physically to the polls. And, right. and then if you look at the numbers of like your income demographic of the people who vote in person, um, you know, the higher your income, the more likely you were to vote for Trump. Um, which, you know, I think I think when people talk about economics, like sometimes people like have said, uh, you know, I don't really like Trump's whatever, whatever, but I think he'll be good for the economy, which, you know, mm-hmm. Matt, you've already critiqued why that is just a terrible excuse. But <laughs> I think that like there I, I noticed from my own anecdotal like Facebook page that I barely go on that in 2016, there were white women who are conservative who were like, I will not vote for this man. He is an attack on, you know, everything I stand for as a woman. And he is. And again, why are we not talking about the fact that Trump has assaulted so many women? Like, where has that story gone? Um, he's a literal know, super exactly. villain. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I mean, you're, I mean, you're talking about, yeah. you're looking, you're looking at Lex Luthor and you're going, well, you know, why haven't we talked about the other 457 crimes against humanity? Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, well, they're the like, I would not vote for this. And then this time around, they were actively saying, you know, we have to vote for Trump. And, and I think what happened was, is he, Trump won and, the ideas that he espoused became more mainstream and like, you know, working at the White House has a certain prestige to it, no matter whose name is tied to it. And you feel like you can get ahead. And they just, you know, went with the tide and felt like vindicated by that win. Well, I think um, there's also there's also sort of. Uh, so we should we should talk a little bit about, you know, something the three of us all study. But there's this cultural backlash, right? Trump won. Mm-hmm. And well, Trump won in many ways because there was a black president that really yes. helped him. So Trump, like a black and president, Trump is lost progress because of, in some ways, of backlash. From, yeah, from I mean, right. right. So we're having, we're basically having like the pinging back and forth of like the oscillation of backlash and the pendulum, backlash, mm-hmm. and then the backlash of the backlash, and we're gonna have that, I think, for a while. Right. So he went. So Trump, Trump wins, and then you have, you know, I, I mean. Here, if I want to put, if I if I were forced in a debate to paint, you know, like you know, a debate where you pick up a random topic and then you get assigned the side. If I were going to try and defend good things that happened in these last four years because of Trump, my argument would be BLM and hashtag Me Too coming to prominence because one of the reasons they did was because we had a literal 
rapist slash racist in the White House. And so people were rightly afraid of him. And that made, you know, speaking your truth easier and not not necessarily easier, but more important because it's like someone had to stand up against him. And And now that he's gone, Mm -hmm. now that he's gone, I am afraid of that going away a little bit. But I also think that one of the reasons one of the reasons he did he he did do so well this time is when you have when you have when you have millions of black people in this country and their white allies and hispanic allies and i mean i don't want to just say just black but like when people are marching in the street and and rioting if you want to go back to the show, to like our our BLM show where i said rioting has a purpose they're rioting in response to the murder of a black man by the police over nine minutes on national television that we watched over and over again. And then if you're not, if, if you are a relatively safe middle-class or above white person, um, then suddenly people marching down your streets demanding justice when you feel like you've got justice. And I say, I want justice and I want to get rid of the police. That's scary for some people. Like I understand, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the rich couple that ended up speaking at the RNC, the, t- the couple with the guns trying to defend their, their home when people are like walking by, they're ridiculous, but I get where they're coming from. They're still ridiculous. I don't agree with well, them, but I understand they, they their fear. They live in a bubble where they don't understand what's actually going on around right. them. Right. Like they think that everyone else is either either that every everyone else's life is like theirs, or people whose lives aren't like theirs did something wrong. Are, and they're going to come to get you. You know, right. like because they claim that they're they claim that they're not racist. They claim, well, we've done a lot for civil rights. We're lawyers, and I'm like, well, maybe you have. But when when a black guy or several black people came to your neighborhood and walked in front of your house, you pulled guns on them because that's the fear. That seems that seems like that. that, Yeah. So I'm and and like I watch. I mean, I I know people who are actively defending Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, because, oh, my God, he went and, you know, that kid's a patriot who had the courage to go in cross state lines to shoot three people. What the fuck? You know, (laughs) like I like it's it's a kind of a weird it's a weird thing. And backlash happens and it's going to go back and forth. Like Katya said, it's going to like. There are uh, there's a cost to getting to defeating Donald Trump. And I don't know what it is yet. And today I don't care, but we're going to find out what it is. And it's he's not just going to go away. And even if he goes away, Trumpism's not going to go away. No, though, at the same time, since 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 uh, 2016, uh, I mean, we, we saw the fruits of this in the voter turnout um this election i mean and you know you have people like ilhan omar or shia mm-hmm. talib have a like and mike espy who was the mississippi candidate against cindy Hyde-Smith, who did not win his race but nevertheless like started building a real ground game in their districts or in mike espy's case mississippi and voter turnout has increased um yay good and, and, and you know like and, and and I'm like, look at Atlanta, look at Georgia, look at what the organizers in Georgia have done. It, it wasn't just Joe Biden visited Georgia and Stacey Abrams going door to door. Not just Stacey Abrams, but, you know, yeah. um, other organizers as well. And that, yeah. you know, has been a sustained movement. Um, and I think that if Stacey Abrams were to run again in two years for governor of Georgia, the results might be quite different. Maybe. I mean, maybe uh, we don't know. Yeah, but, I think yeah. The, I think the other thing that also like I keep thinking about is like you know kind of like what 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 Mav was talking about with like Black Lives Matter and everything like that that like moved the needle. I mean that that happened in response to Trump, but it also moved the needle in the election. And I also think 
as shitty as it's been, uh, COVID did that too. Because yeah. I think like a lot of people, I think especially when it came to like class issues and economic issues, I think a lot of people who thought of themselves as like middle class and upper middle class figured out that actually they were two months, three months of no paycheck away from financial disaster. Yes. I think a lot of people started actually understanding that like the majority of Americans, like, I mean, there's all kinds of statistics about this, but like a lot of Americans that would call themselves middle class actually aren't. Or even if they are being middle class is a lot more tenuous than you probably think it is. Yeah, I mean, exactly. look at how many people are drowning in student debt or other debt in this country. Uh, look at how little savings people have, no matter what their salary. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> like, yeah, we, yeah. we, um, we all know some of those. Some of us are some of those. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And like, and I, th- I think that m- that shifted things because it's hard. I think once you figure that out, and not just figure it out from a like you looking at your budget kind of way, but a you're thinking about whether or not you're going to lose your house next month kind of way. Mm-hmm. I think that changes who you're willing to support because there's always been this like ongoing like joke, which I think like, you know, I think is like a gross simplification, but there is some merit to it in the sense that like people, people always kind of poke fun at the, you know, guy who makes $40,000 a year worried about taxes getting raised on people who make $400,000 a year because one day it might be me. And I think people are starting to break. Like, again, I think that's an exaggeration and gross simplification. I don't know. I, I don't know that it is. I not. think I don't know that it I, is. Well, I think it's that my, my experience and knowing people like that personally, mm-hmm. it's not so much that it's it's one they make more money than that, but they they think that the gap between what the, the money they make is, which is maybe like eighty thousand dollars a year, that is mm-hmm. something you can you know, for example, someone I know work the worst in construction that makes that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, they. My experience has been they think that if taxes go up on people who make the hyper the hyper wealthy money, then it would obviously go up on everyone else. Yeah, because I mean, historically, that hasn't been entirely wrong. I mean, the middle the middle the middle class pays more percentage wise in taxes and sometimes actually in actual dollar amounts than some of the wealthiest people in this country. It's bonkers. Uh, right. Well, so uh, yeah, I was going to steal. I mean, it's exactly that because I was going to steal an, an anecdote from uh, my friend Kingdom, who does he does the Handsome Genius podcast. He was a, a, a Handsome Genius Radio Club pod, um, podcast. He's been on our show, but he told an anecdote on his on his show before the election where he was trying to convince a random a random white friend of his, a friend of his, you know, not to vote for Trump. And the guy's response was, well, yeah, I know he's racist. I don't like him. I don't like anything he has to say, but the, he's like, but his economic plan is really good. Um, every, you know, every paycheck, my wife and I, well, his argument was, Every paycheck, my wife and I, like our, our joint, you know, we, we take home an extra hundred dollars every two weeks and kingdom exploded. The guy's like 50 bucks. My fucking life is worth 50 bucks to you. Do you want me to pay you the 50 bucks yeah. myself? Cause I, it, you're at, are you asking for a protection racket? Because that's what it is. So yeah, if you really care about that hundred dollars, I guess. Well, you know, the, thing is, like, the, econ- the economic difference we're talking about here is like not the difference between like you being able to send your cut kid to college or not. Right. It's about you being able to go out to dinner a few extra times a month or maybe like make a make a car payment or whatever. Like when we're, but we're like, especially when we're talking about people who are properly actually in the middle class, it's like that's not going to or at least that shouldn't be making or breaking your financial, mm-hmm. like your financial situation. One. And then two, if it is, and you are actually in the middle class, which will, again, a lot of people think that they are and they're not, uh, 
then maybe you are outspending like what you actually make. Cause I think, I mean, the other problem, like one of the other cultural issues I see that kind of intersects with this is the United States. I don't know if more so than other countries, but we definitely have a keeping up with the Joneses problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our people there's yeah, we, we, and I think it plays into electoral politics in the sense that we overemphasize economic, not just security, but success in a way that mm-hmm. isn't sustainable. And we're willing, and we, and by we, I mean, many Americans, not necessarily mm-hmm. myself, like are willing to legislate our way to that. And which is why we get all grubby about taxes and crap. I was going to say, well, look at Florida. Um, there was, uh, some good news coming out of Florida is that while Donald Trump won the state, Florida, Florida voters overwhelmingly voted for a $15 minimum wage. wage. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, like, I mean, the federal minimum wage still is seven twenty five. dollars Mississippi. Well, um yeah it's i mean it's this is a it's a weird thing like that twenty four hundred dollars that does mean something to as this is a flaw in the democratic party it's a flaw in the neoliberal wing of the democratic party um less so in this in the what 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 likes to call itself this the progressive wing but i'm just gonna say socialist um because it makes me feel better um there is uh, there is a lack of understanding of what middle class is you know on both sides and and a lot of it is due to a lot of it is due to a weird tying of you know like i said i i like to think of joe biden as a republican in a blue tie but we should do a neoliberalism show one point at one point explain how that really works um the idea that like capitalism must be defended because socialism is bad and uh my uh, arguing with like um idiots on the internet i saw one guy super trump supporter who's who is also very much he's like you know what we should. He, he didn't realize he was posting a, a, a liberal meme. He has no idea. But he was, but he was posting. He reposted this meme about um, the government should only be able to tax the for, the first forty hours you make in a week. Overtime should be untaxed because you know you've paid the taxes with your first. And I'm like, how do you hate socialism? What are you? Ta- you, know, you know, he's and he's very big on union rights and stuff, and he's calls himself a staunch Republican. And what it comes down to is in a country where we forced ourselves because we are so tied to the idea of binarism in the United States of America that we forced everybody to take to to take a side between Democrat and Republican. And there is nothing else. There is no nuance. There is, you know, you can't you have to support all these issues. Thanks to the Electoral College. Yeah. 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 Um, electoral College. And by the way, just and this is another show, too. Just going to popular vote won't fix that problem. It needs to be, you know, like there are better voting systems. Ranked choice would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other show. But like just going to popular vote, um, the people who defend the Electoral College because they don't want um, five big cities to overrule the rest of the country. And then like a lot of liberals will say that wouldn't happen. Yeah, it would. If we had pure yeah. popular vote, it would, L.A., New York City, Chicago, like nothing else matters. OK, but different different shows. So there are things you have to fix because liberals, even even progressive liberals like us. And I was talking about this with Danny Anderson, um, another friend of the show. 
we tend to ignore when we're talking about, you know, rural areas like where where I teach, you know, rural Pennsylvania, which is red state. We talk about these people like they're racist or like they, you know, uh, or like they're staunch Republicans. They're not. Uh, Danny was saying this to me yesterday. They're not. They're staunch apolitical people. They don't give a fuck about uh, about about like most Republican policies. They don't care about Donald Trump's attitude. Well, they don't care about BLM. Most of America, right? Like, even it's not even a rural like urban right. divide. It's like there's there's they voted for Donald Trump are- because he's protecting coal. That's it. And then we and then we like to say stuff like, well, but they're hurting the environment. Green New Deal. The Green New Deal scares you when three generations of your of your family work in a fracking mine. And well, that the other, problem the other thing is also like I think a lot of people and I, you know, I would include, you know, myself in this occasionally, like I think it's easy for people who are like us, who are like constantly consuming politics and culture and all this other stuff. We're reading newspapers, we're reading everything, listening to like news podcasts, news, mm-hmm. whatever. Like most people don't do that. Right. Like yeah. most people don't follow politics. Like, you know, they'll, you'll watch the evening news. You'll read the pay, like headlines. I think we actually probably consume more news on average than we used to because we all carry on smartphones. Right. Right. And Apple, you know, and Apple and Google and all these other things are just giving you notifications on a regular basis. But like people like if you're not constantly following the news cycle, and I know this is true of a lot of my extended family, like the things that I know about, like, for example, Trump and about what Trump is doing on a, re- on a regular basis. Most of my family probably isn't aware of it. No, that's right. true. Or if they my, are, I, it's only in a very nebulous way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my, my family, I was talking to a family member and uh, they, they watched the first debate between Trump and Biden. And they that was what got this person started talking to all their friends saying, you cannot vote for Trump. He's a white supremacist. He refused to denounce the Proud Boys. He told them to stand by. What's the Proud Boy? <laughs> What's like, the Proud Boy, right? <laughs> No, no, right, no, exactly. Like, no, no, no. Right. Like, yeah. But no, but like, a lot of people don't know who, what a proud yeah, boy yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, she's like, you cannot, like, he is calling for, like, you know, white supremacy. Like, you can't do this. Here's what this is. Like, cause, you know, she had to look it up too, I think, or have it explained to her. And I said, well, like, why didn't you say this stuff four years ago? He's always been racist. He's been racist since before he ran for president. His first speech announcing his, like, primary campaign he said all that horrible stuff and this person said i didn't realize he was racist and i was like what are you talking about it's like <laughs> like here's the list yeah like yeah. I've, I've done this on the show um before like for years and <laughs> this person was like no i i just didn't know I, I mean i've always hated him i didn't vote for him the first time but i didn't realize the extent to which he was racist and you know this family member's not a bad person <laughs> This family member like listens and has changed their point of view and like clearly like tried to reach out to like a lot of the voters that I think, you know, they're they're also like in the South and like it's Southern, like white people in rural areas. So like they're, you know, they were trying to reach out to people that a lot of us, I think, might just write off. Um, And still (laughs) they were like, no, I didn't realize the extent of his racism. Yep. Which is also kind of like, I mean, this is this is another problem, which I think is related to the Trump, the you know, the Trump at Trump nation issue. But I think is also separate because this is also this is this is an issue regardless, I think, of political affiliation or lack thereof, is that people we are not a like, I think as a country, there are pockets of people who are like avid news consumers and the sort of like political junkies. Mm-hmm. I mean, my family, I was raised watching C-SPAN. Right. No one watches C-SPAN. It was always on in my house. <laughs> so like, 
And I don't think I understood that that was in, and my parents talked about politics and not in a like, and not necessarily in a like, you will believe this, blah, blah, blah about politics, but my parents were constantly arguing about politics. Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized how unusual that was. Yeah. Until I was much older and then it started, especially started encountering people for whom like political conversations were distasteful. Mm -hmm. Like I have definitely encountered people who basically think that talking about politics as like Mm -hmm. a normal topic of conversation. Now I understand because of, you know, the last four years that has been a more stressful conversation than maybe was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But you're more prepared for it. You're more prepared for that. For that. I mean, I know it's, it sucks. It's not, not that I've enjoyed this and not that you've enjoyed this conversations. But I think the thing is like when, I mean, we should be talking about politics and the idea mm-hmm. that politics is like this, because it's definitely not, this is not, this is not a thing that's universal in all countries. I remember living in France, people argue about politics all the goddamn time, like mm-hmm. shouting occasionally. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember being, uh, with, I was staying with a family and there was like shouting at the dinner table and not in a, not in a way of like, I now hate you. But in a like, no, I am passionate about politics. I am passionate about social issues. I am passionate about X, Y, and Z. And that was like a normal conversation. And it was actually, at least as I experienced it, it seemed like it was doing the whole thing that I often experience in the United States, where it's distasteful to talk about politics. And yes. in fact, if you did that, you would be like, what the hell is wrong with you? This is part of your life. My- and I think that there's, there's this disconnect I experience in the United States so often of people think that politics is something separate. Well, like, like, no, you, this yeah. is your life. Have you seen that meme? Every going decision around? you add- what's meme? Uh, the the Bob and Sally are what Bob's a Republican, Sally's a Democrat, but at the end of the day, they're friends because you know people over politics or whatever. Yeah, and, and see, well, and, it's like it can be like the, that. I see. I, I'm, it a, I'm a little, yeah. What is it's the, complicated? Right, because like. Like, for example, so like my, my workplace, which I thought this was really cool. They set aside time for us to have conversations about, you know, the election, whatever, which was which was nice. But one of, you know, the topics of conversation, which I avoided was like how, you know, people interested in having a conversation. About like, well, how do we go about doing this reconciliation conversation? Mm-hmm. And like, well, one, I don't think this is the time for that because we just literally kicked a would be like want to be fascist out of the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it's 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 like the whole you know people said then they like the memes and the infographics around of like like disagreements are for things about like ice cream not about who gets to live and die mm-hmm. and i think this entire and i you know this entire thing of like it's either one way or the other way is is over an oversimplification like you should be able to have conversations about politics with people whom you disagree with however there is a hard line if you are going to if your political position is fundamentally incompatible right is basically that you know Mm -hmm. like well like for example okay policing Mm -hmm. you know we can have disagreements about the best solution to deal with you know systemic racism and policing however if your position is that systemic racism and policing doesn't exist yes and And black people need to sit down and Mm -hmm. shut up and that's the fundamental difference between joe biden and donald trump right there that's that's how he got my vote because i didn't want to vote for him this was hard for me i want want the listeners to understand how hard it was for me to vote for joe biden because again without exaggeration i blame him him specifically other people too but joe biden is a big part of why black lives matter needs to exist in this country he caused a world that made systemic racism worse he doesn't believe that but i believe he did however at least he understands that it exists 
And the fact that he like every time he said and he said it several times, the first time he said it, I, I, I was like, somebody tell him to shut up. But he's he's repeated this shoot them in the leg theory over and over again. And every time I want to be like, fuck you, dude. But at least I can the, say fuck you dude, to Joe Biden. For people who haven't heard the shoot you in the leg theory, can you give a, us a recap? OK, Joe Biden's theory of is we shouldn't defund the police. The problem is the police need new, need more training. For instance, if there's a situation where they feel like they need to have a gun instead of shooting them, instead of shooting somebody in the chest, we need to train them to shoot for the leg. And he said that in response to fucking Jacob Blake being shot in the back while he was walking away. Yep. And that's yeah. and it's like and and like and he just doesn't seem to understand no or as a solution we could just not shoot him and well, that was brought up to him and he's like no 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 we've got to leave they've got to be able to dish out law and order they've shoot for the, he's defended this shoot them in the leg theory and I'm just like stop but I can have that conversation with him yeah as opposed yeah. to like there's there's well that's the thing is like there's a conversation to be had and I and right. I mean and with Joe Biden I, part of the reason that was a complicated vote for me was like I, it's. Because Joe Biden is a politician in a way that Trump is not. Yes. In the sense that, like, when Biden says things like that, part of me is like, okay, one interpretation of that stu- that that idiotic statement is that is a thing that you believe, and there is an, a conversation we had about convincing you. The thing that concerns me is like, or or it's you are doing the politician thing of whether or not that's what you believe personally. You recognize that supporting not even like defunding the police because as we've talked about in previous episodes defunding the police is more about reallocating funds it does not inherently mean police will not exist Mm -hmm. and it means different things Uh, to different people and it's never it's never going to be not contentious Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a giant spectrum of of views which i think gets lost in most mainstream news media most Mm -hmm. most mainstream news outlets presented as abolition is about tomorrow there are no police departments anywhere which is a different movement and a viable one but it's a different one <laughs> it is it's a different one uh and then, yeah there's there's a whole range of issues but like where was i going with this no i think where you are i, I think you said you, you, joe biden um at least understands to pay, pay to pay attention to the sides arguing Besides arguing, <laughs> yeah. although I think that there is a, there is, and this is something that I see in the Democratic Party a lot, is people who are willing to sacrifice beliefs that willing to sacrifice beliefs and what is what is what is right in the moral sense in order to pander to a more populist position. Sometimes I wouldn't call Biden a populist. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> occasionally with, but not yeah, he's not a populist. But especially when like law and order stuff like that comes up, it's like, are you saying that because you believe you you are a law and order person, or are you saying that because you recognize that there's a lot of racist ass white people in this country, mm-hmm. and law and order <laughs> appeals to those people? Well, you know, there's, and I'm obviously not sure because if I mean, for example, if Biden was if Biden didn't say his law law and order stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would have lost votes. He would have. He would have. And maybe and, and that would have cost the election. Would have. And that, that's and that's the uncomfortable thing for me. As much as yeah. you know, I I mean, as much as we are an odd little Marxist show, you know, um, like we need I, to get T-shirts with that. I, yeah, Even if it's just for the four of us. I like. I know, and this is the mistake that I think um, every wing of the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party is 
a big tent party such that it is. By the way, I'm not a registered Democrat. I just need to make that very clear for everybody. I'm not a registered uh, Democrat either. I, I'm, I'm literally registered independent. I don't get to vote in primaries because I don't believe in a lot of the policies. That said, and I might fix that. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll, we'll see. North Carolina lets you vote in whatever primary you yeah. want if you're not affiliated. Anyway. Um, but anyway, the um, the Democratic Party, you know, every wing of it, the progressives, the moderates, they're all claiming um, claiming support and, and they all have violent things because um, one of the problems I have I've had with Biden is he, he does take the progressives for granted. Democrats in general take the progressives for granted because they look at progressives as though, well, you guys are just a bunch of, you know, millennial 20 somethings, which again, millennials are not 20 something. Hannah and Katya are are millennials and they're young and they're young ones. The old, old millennials are like fucking 40. Okay. I am 29. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Millennials. We were actually figuring this out, but millennials basically think now the youngest of us would be like 20. There's a, there's like a couple years before Hannah, I think, because I think it cuts off at like the mid nineties. Yeah. Most not, of us are in our thirties to early forties. Right. They're not children. They're, 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 they're of, they're, they're of conflating millennials child, with yeah. Gen Z. Right. They're of legitimate childbearing age is what oh, I'm getting that's at. gross. You know, I'm, so, I'm, I'm saying go do it. <laughs> Just, but anyway, you, you, you could, you could, if you were so inclined, have a family and people wouldn't, wouldn't be like, oh, that's a shame. She's so young. You know, <laughs> like, like it's, so they don't. It doesn't mean well, what you think it means. More importantly, millennials are poised to become one of the larger voting blocks. Because right. we also, we're getting to the age where actually people vote. Right, and and, and people Which talk also about Gen them. Z. Please, for the love of Please God, vote. vote. <laughs> yes, um, but like people, the Demo- the Democratic Party as a whole, the moderates tend to say, "Well, you guys just haven't learned enough yet. Stop talking down to the progressives. Stop. Okay, they have a different point of view than you." And that doesn't mean you're wrong and it doesn't mean they're wrong. It means they have a different point of view, a point of view from from you and you need it. And the and the flaw in the in the system is um, I'm not I'm not a Bernie bro, by the way. I very much hate most of the people who you would call Bernie bros. I'm not part of that movement. But the in 2016, the Democrats took it upon themselves to blame the Bernie bros for, well, they should have understood that it was important to vote for, you know, they should have voted for Hillary and like in blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Hillary, rep- I understand why you are afraid of Trump. Obviously, I was. But give something to the progressive party if you want their help. They to the progressive wing like they Hillary actively went out there and told them that their ideas for free college and free health care. The two things they cared about, the only two things they cared about in the world at that time were stupid ideas. But vote for me anyway. Which because, I did, for the record. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. And, 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 and a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. Because you also, because they weren't the only two things you cared about. You also cared about racism and sexism. But if those are your two issues, you can't do that. Joe tends right. to do that too. He's getting better at it. He's getting better at it than in and, and, and not. But also from the other it's wing, it's because like the Democratic Party is so concerned with not and not every politician, but I think as an organization, there's so much concern about not alienating right the middle slash businesses. They're they're okay with alienating the left because they assume, and I think incorrectly and increasingly incorrectly, that the left the progressives. Right. The, the, the progressives will vote for them as, as the lesser mm-hmm. of two evils. 
Maybe that's been true historically. It wasn't. I don't it's, think it's true anymore. It's never, it it's never it been was. true. They blame they bl- they blame the loss. Uh, they they blame the Gore's loss on the people who voted for the Green Party for, for who voted for Nader. No one owes you their vote. They do not. Okay. If they voted for somebody else, if they it's because they believed in somebody else, and maybe if you gave them something, they would. That said, to all the progressives, which is probably for our show, you know, a, a, a large chance of a portion of our audience for the other Marxists to think that you are the future of the of the Democratic Party and controlling them. The people in the middle don't owe you their vote either. Like I, I, I read so many people who are like, if you want to win, then why won't they elect Bernie Sanders? Because the moderates, you know, they need to see that it's just progressive politics. I'm a big fan of um of uh, of of a lot of blogs like um some more news. There's a video t- series on YouTube, and his stance is always we would win if we put somebody like Bernie up or, you know, Bernie's going to get old. So like next time it's going to be like AOC, right? Somebody who, you know, who will fight for big ideas like the green new deal. Um, somebody like Joe Biden is never going to fight for the green new deal for you. He doesn't want it. He doesn't like socialism. He is a neoliberal. He is diametrically opposed to you. Just not as diametrically opposed as Trump is. So some Hamilton right now. Anyway. Yeah. So, So, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't just assume that there are only two parties and then get mad when the other people don't step in line, because the honest truth is Donald Trump got 70 million votes this time. Joe Biden got 74 million. And that four million difference, frankly, is the fucking Lincoln Project, who I agree with nothing on. Not just them. Not just them. But yeah. Like there were a lot of new voters registered because of things. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Like like you know, the new Georgia project, the new Georgia project. And, you know, I, I think that like, and in, in the, I think that like when AOC um, on Twitter, she's been analyzing like the races. One is talked about how Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib like did get new voters and did have a good ground game. I definitely mm-hmm. think that we could work to expand certain blo- voting blocks. Like there. There are a lot of voters in Mississippi that are not like potential voters in Mississippi that are not registered that could make a difference mm-hmm. potentially. I always say, mm-hmm. um, but so, but that's but, it. But, you're, but, but you're, yes. not gonna pa- you're not going to get progressives. You're not going to get progressive congressmen in Arizona anytime soon. Like it's just not no. like they like they're Biden's going to squeak out a win there. Be, like Biden's going to squeak out a win in Arizona because and he might still lose it, but I want to see him win because the reason Biden is going to win Arizona is because Donald Trump not only decided to wage a war with John McCain, who was a God there, he continued the war after McCain died. He spent the last four years Uh. like, and Cindy, and Cindy McCain, I mean, she really, Cindy McCain turned on Trump and she has actively in the state of Arizona actively supported Joe Biden and enough people love her and love John that they're gonna, you know, like, so there's a, there's a lot of moderates down there. There's also a lot of like the black vote is not as progressive as people think it is black votes all over the place, but a lot of, um, a lot of Southern African-Americans are a lot more conservative than I think the progressive wing of the democratic party thinks they are. Mm-hmm. And and these but are issues. Also, are, also yeah, I, I do want to point out in Arizona, I don't think it was just about, um, John McCain. Sorry, I forgot his name. I we also <laughs> sorry, John. Um, it's been a long week. You know, yeah. our brains are all well, like, a little shot. If you like a lot of people have pointed this out. Like there are a lot of Navajo voters in Arizona. Yeah, that too. Um, and 
they got organized. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can I can plop a tweet in the chat for the show notes where you can look at the map where it went blue <laughs> yeah. and see how that correlates. Yeah, um, well, and there's but there's lots of things, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's not just one group. It's not just well the like everybody wants to take credit for it. I've seen John Kasich on the news taking credit for it as well, saying, "Well, you know, that's what this is why the moderate this is why this is why the progressives need to understand that you can't just keep doing these ideas. Like you know, it's all about." moderate politics and i've seen progressives doing the same thing it's like no it's none of you it's that you it's that the reason it worked is because everybody sort of band together to slay the one fucking dragon who was going to kill us all and now we can get back to hating each other like we're supposed to <laughs> but, but not just hating each other in like a kill each other kind of way hating each other in the healthy way that katya was just talking about where you argue things out and maybe get something done maybe <laughs> if anyone says eugenics good you don't you don't you don't no. compromise with those people well that's what you said like that's, that's what you're saying like there are i mean that's a political stance well there's a line and i think that pisses me off about this entire thing about like oh well, we just need like and this is one of the frustrations i have with with joe biden where and i get this because because he's a politician it, there's a degree to which he has to do this mm-hmm. but like this entire message of like oh reconciliation and coming together and all this stuff it's like i'm i'm willing to reconcile and come together with people who like Maybe even voted for Trump and then realized, oh, God, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Or people who decided not to vote in the 2016 election or, you know, there's a variety of people mm-hmm. that I'm willing to reconcile with and have a conversation with, even if we end up not agreeing and I never want to see them again. I'm willing to rec- reconcile with people who say socialism is a bad thing because uh, right. of reasons that I don't understand. <laughs> However, if they say eugenics good. Yes. If they say if, if they're anti BLM, if they're. Just like if you're going to actually espouse like I can like there's a difference between disagreeing with somebody and having fundamentally different views about things like human rights. And 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 those are still politics. Those are still politics. And I can't I can't agree with them. And that's 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 the thing where I think like the Trump like this whole the the whole thing about like, well, reconciliation feels occasionally like a bad faith argument because Mm -hmm. it's like when it comes to the people who are like not necessarily every Trump voter, but like the core base of Trump voters. It's like these, this is a group of people who does not share mainstream views about human rights, does not share views well, about human be rights. Be careful there because they don't, they don't well, share our views. Of it. And, and I'm not sure that they're not mainstream. I'm That's about mainstream, thing. like globally and like what, what the world should look like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that, uh, what and the that's world the is progressing part, towards right? is maybe what the world is progressing towards, I think is probably the yes. better thing. It's like basic, basically it's an anti the whole time, the time continuum thing about what yeah. those are being antiquated views anyway. But, uh, also I've lost my train of thought. Well, no, no, I think, I think you're, I mean, I think you're right though. So like, I, I can I can agree with you if you don't want Medicare for all. I can agree with you if you don't want free college. I I, I think free college is complicated for me for me by the well, way. It's, like I don't that that I, it's, it's not but, even that I would agree with you. It's that I can have a conversation with you. Yeah, we well, can we can agree to disagree and we can be civil. Yes. Whereas if you are going to act actively tell me, for example, that gay people shouldn't be allowed to exist in this country, should they should be conversion therapy. To, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. Then it's like, no, this is, we're not going to have a conversation about mm-hmm. this because this is, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. It's like there, there's having cultural differences and then there's identifying stuff. It's like, no, this should not be part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And then act this, this is something that should actively be ostracized. You are someone that want to exercise. I think that mm-hmm. there is also a difference between people who 
are ignorant and have made mistakes and want to learn yes. and they're trying to be better and people who have Joe doubled Biden. and tripled down yeah <laughs> I mean if we were for mainstream examples I mean like he's not perfect we're still going to be bitter about right because we disagree but, we, but. M- m- I, you know I think I, I don't want to speak for everybody but I think most people on the show disagree with many of the things that Biden but, says I think we yes. might disagree about different things but but like, I, mean, I can disagree like, yeah. with Biden and still be like, okay, we can have a conversation. But like, this Whereas is like, Trump, yeah. I don't want to be in the same room with. I mean, like the good, the good place, like put it, you know, like really, like well, and say it doesn't matter if people are good and bad. It's like, are they trying to be better the next day than the day they were before, and are they trying to improve? But like Donald Trump doesn't want to improve. No, <laughs> he does not want to. Grow. A lot of Trump supporters do not want to have a conversation even about what that would look like. Like that is, I, I mean. They, that, that's the problem here. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and and that's it's it. Here's where in see there there are there are cut and dry ones, right? There are cut and dry ones where I can say if you are if you're Mike Pence, if you believe in gay and trans conversion therapy, fuck you, get off my planet. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not interested, right? Um, if you, which feels like a low bar, the fact that we even yeah, have to say that, right, is a weird sign of the times, right? Well, see, but see, and and and. I mean, I've got family members who do. Okay. And it's hard. And, and, and I think if you believe, you know, our, our standard one on the podcast, if you're, if you're a believer in eugenics, fuck you, get off my planet. Right. And then it gets weird. Like, like I argue here, well, black lives matter. They're a terrorist organization. And, uh, and then I can have a conversation with you. I shouldn't have to, but I can have a conversation with you. Cause I think a lot of people fundamentally don't understand what BLM is. They fundamentally, when we say we're Marxist, Marxism, I always say Marxism. I'm not ideologically a Marxist. Ideologically, I'm super far left. But Marxism is an economic theory. You don't believe in it or not believe it. I don't care if you believe in it or not believe in it. It just sort of is, right? Like they're, like when we say we're a Marxist show, we use literal science that the three of us have spent 30 years learning in order to, you know, be able to do this. So I have no problem with you not understanding where we're coming from and having a conversation as long as it's an open-minded conversation. It becomes harder when you're talking, when you're talking about like, oh, I don't know. I, I, there's no systemic racism because, well, I just don't see it. Now you're, now you're actively ignoring and it, and I become frustrated with you. Right. But at least I still feel like there's a conversation to be had. But I'm not reconciling with you. I don't want to reconcile the party with the, you know, the Democratic Party or presidential politics with, you know, well, how do we get how do we get along between the people who just hated Trump, um, but still believe there's no systemic racism and you black guy who's afraid of being shot by the police? You're problem you know you are incompatible with me like i see people say post things like oh well if you want to defund the police then you know i don't want to see you calling them when you need help i'm a black man i don't call the police when i need help because they might come and shoot me <laughs> you know like that's not that's a that's a very real fear and not understanding that it, it, it just becomes a complicated problem so i'm not saying you write off everybody i think there is reconciliation to be done but there, like like katya said there's a red line where you just don't go over it if you fundamentally just are racist to the point where you believe that i shouldn't exist or sexist to the point where you believe 
that one of you two, well, I, I guess sexes don't usually want you to die so much as, you know, I guess they make want babies. To, they want us to just never, they just, yeah, they just want us to not have opinions and, not and just do what we're told. Right. right. Exactly. And I don't want to, I don't want to reconcile with that either. Right. Like, like when, when Trump said, you know, he gave a speech a week ago where he was like, you know what women want? They, you, you want your, you want your husbands to get back to work. And I'm like, dude, it's 2020. Mean, meanwhile, like the, you know, the stories <laughs> being reported by major news outlets is like women are having to choose between their job and like taking care of their children because of how like learning is now structured and how their jobs are being um right. sympathetic to like the struggles of the family and all, and you know child care still falls upon women even in homes where both parents were but you know like i think and i think that we're like saying this not because like like just this like um whole conversation not because we think that we're perfect and beyond mistakes um and beyond learning mm-hmm. just simply we need there there's some yeah. you know there's some fundamental lines well there's some that, fundamental lines and also you know a lot of this is just um it's a lot of stuff to get off your chest in in the you know it, I, I saw a meme today that was great it was just like a guy rubbing his hands saying oh my god he's saying you know i'm a liberal and this means that tomorrow i can go back to criticizing um joe biden without fear that i'm going to help donald trump get elected yeah <laughs> that, that was really- yeah. the 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 recap the Crooked Media podcast recap of of the election announcement, which I was listening to earlier today, was just like, oh, my God, wait a second. We get to we get to make fun of Joe Biden again. We get to criticize right. Joe Biden. And also, like, and I think part of that is like we get to have a conversation about policies that isn't just like crisis mode. Trump is mm-hmm. trying to light the world on fire. Like we can yeah. actually have a conversation about like well, at least feels like we can have. Let's hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, like what has optimistic the, like, that actual political discourse will return? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, like for the past four years, where has our energy gone? Right. Like it's been in like trying to beg our senators and representatives and so on to stop X horrible thing from happening, right? Like, as opposed to, so what if we just remember, called to support? A do you remember like Trump's wage? first week as president when, like, um, when Kellyanne Conway went on television? This is literally his first week as president, where she went on television and immediately violated the emoluments clause by just uh, arguing that people needed to like start buying Ivanka Trump's like shoes and shit. Yep, yep. that was like literally his first week. And after that, and we're not going to have that. We're not going to. No, have no, that no, no. We might. We might. Here, this was. This, oh, this is what's great, right? If Joe no. Biden does that, no, no, no. We're not. Not. We probably won't. But if Joe Biden does something like that, that like credit that like unduly like influences his family or something, like we can complain about that. Donald Trump and that family violated ethics clauses. They didn't stop. It wasn't just that week. They just continued to do it for the last four years. I mean, he's running his campaign out of the White House. Right. He's running his campaign out of the White House, which is just firmly against the rules. But we didn't deal with it because there were 487 other crises that were more important that were like, okay, fine. He can fucking violate ethics clauses. I don't want to be at war with Korea. Either one of them. I don't want to be at war with fucking Iceland. Do you remember when he insulted Iceland (laughs) or Greenland or like, like, like it's just such a constant thing. Like I want to be able to like worry about, I mean, oh my God. There was a point where people had a controversy over Obama's suit being the wrong color. And we talked about it in the news for five fucking days. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Fox News and, and then CNN was like, this is stupid. And they're arguing and people argued about a tan suit for almost a week. Oh, the glory days <laughs> to argue about a suit. You know, wouldn't that be great? You know, wouldn't it be great if we could just argue about whether or not Hillary Clinton was you misusing like like the Hillary Clinton might or might not have been misusing um, government server or, or her own private servers to do business and the emails thing that went on for nine months. It, it went on like there was it went it was it, it was forever because that was a legitimate scandal that like I don't think it was a big deal, but like it was a legitimate scandal that should be investigated. There were congressional hearings. We could have done that daily with everything the Trump family did. And we didn't have time because there were bigger fish to fry. I am so looking forward to being able to have regular political scandals. That would be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to apparently what the Senate wants to do. Which is what? Uh, for a side note for us, not the listeners, I put it in the chat. Um, Chuck Schumer is claiming that they want to start with climate a cl- and a big, strong, aggressive climate agenda that takes into account working people and takes into account racial racial injustice. And then he wants to tackle wealth and income inequality, obviously raising the minimum wage to 15 an hour. I'm quoting Chuck Schumer and all this. Changing the tax code so it's fairer for labor rather than capital. Strengthening labor unions. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons working class incomes have declined is the weakening of the labor movement. We have to strengthen that. A big, broad infrastructure bill, and it could create millions of jobs. A lot of those jobs should go to poor people, people who have prison records. And these are good paying jobs. Getting rid of student debt. I have a mm-hmm. proposal with Elizabeth Warren and the first... $50,000 of debt be vanquished. And we believe that Joe Biden can do that with a pin as opposed to legislation. Well, he's wrong, and, and, but it's, but, but, it, but, it, but it'd be fun to have that conversation. It's a nice story. Yeah. It's a good story. I, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Won't that be great? If one of these things like, happened, it would be better. Right, right. Well, it feels like, I think that's, I think that's the thing I keep trying to hold on to is like, I may not agree with, agree with Biden. I'm a little bit concerned about what Congress looks like right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're all like kind of hanging in there. But I think that there's there's an opportunity for optimism that isn't like holding out for like multiple yes. years down the line. It's more on the scales of like, OK, there's optimism that could start to move and like maybe see movement in like the scale of months. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm not I'm not to the point. I'm not I'm not to the point where I'm excited about it yet. I do no. feel some relief. I'm, I'm still so concerned about yes. the lame duck period. I, I'm. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm also. I'm also preparing for. I mean, as of you know, before we were on this, this show, started recording this episode. Like you know, I'm in Michigan currently, and there are you know Michiganders protesting uh, mm-hmm. that the Michigan election was not real. Um, as is happening in North Carolina right now. Um, as is happening in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania put them yeah. over the top. Donald Which Trump we're going to see. You know. Yeah, we're we're going to see that. <laughs> swing i think pretty <laughs> intensely over the next two months yeah, um, i mean we've, like, we've seen like michigan uh like like as they were counting votes like michigan arizona like it was kind of frightening like mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. by kind of i mean it was frightening actually right. there were armed armed protesters outside yelling at them while counting votes i mean there's all kinds of scary stuff that can still happen but like what i think we're saying is there's hope I don't think there's I don't think it's over. I, I'm I'm with AOC. I, I think it, this is absolutely this is, not over. Yeah, this is the beginning. You know, we're not going back to brunch, ladies, <laughs> you know, or whatever she said. Right. Like, it's not actually we can go back to brunch, but use that brunch to organize. You can have it both ways. Sure. Sure. Right. And, it, and it's like, yeah, I would love to be able to like just the fact that you can hope for a meaningful political conversation 
where like, as Hannah just said, if you got one thing off Chuck Schumer's list, that's that's positive as opposed to like literally we've had four years of arguing about impeachments. We've had four years of arguing about like the fact that we're literally having discussions while people are dying. While you know, I've had family members die from COVID. The fact that we're having discussions about, can we, you know, can we set up some things so that people can stay home and maybe send them $400 a week or whatever the fuck it was like, we haven't done a stimulus package. We've just been leaving people to die because we can't agree with things. And, and I, you know, I don't think those problems are going to be solved. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I think Congress is still going to be split, but like to have a president, even one I don't necessarily agree with, but to have a president at least trying to work on it, as opposed to arguing about whatever the fuck Trump does from day to day. <laughs> like it, it's, 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 it's so progress. encouraging. It's progress. Yeah. Baby I think that's, yeah. And, you know, uh, the Senate races aren't over yet. Um, I mean, North Carolina is not going to be called till maybe next week. It's likely to go to Tom Tillis, the Republican, but Mm -hmm. it hasn't been called yet. Georgia has two runoffs. And Mm -hmm. if you want to help, you can do things like donate to the new Georgia project uh, that could maybe help contribute to getting one or even two Democratic senators elected and a perhaps majority mm-hmm. of the Senate, which would be great. But right, uh-huh. right now, I mean, I want a, maj- yeah, a huge, Senate majority to be great. But you know what? If, if there's gridlock, so be it. Like, <laughs> like, the, like just the fact that I'm going, oh, wow. Gridlock in the Senate in the House would be an improvement. Oh, so lovely. <laughs> you know, like, like that, said, that's how bad baby things baby were. Steps. Yeah. Baby steps. But yeah, yeah. That's. But Hannah's right. If you can, if you can donate to, if, you know, God, if you can have a utopic thing where, where maybe we pass an infrastructure bill. Remember infrastructure week? That was like supposed to be the first thing that was going to happen. <laughs> oh God. Also, if you go to, uh, definitely do what Hannah said, but also if you go to vote save America, uh, they're also doing a campaign. If you don't have money to donate, you can donate time making calls in Georgia to, yeah, flip that mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Do Two of them. Very important. So, so we yeah, as, as usual, we have solved things? roughly nothing. I don't know. I mean, we we talked about a lot. <laughs> we talked yeah. about a lot. I mean, I feel like the work. next like couple, like the next week, is just going to be like like every media outlet, including ours, is just going to be like collective processing of just like oh boy, oh boy, because everyone I think has been holding. We've all been kind of like holding our breath for weeks, four years, months, <laughs> four years, years <laughs> long time. Uh, and it feels like, and at least again, I don't know if I feel good yet. I feel relief. I think I'll feel good tomorrow. I, I, I'm too again, tired today. Uh, to, to imagine good, I, to not have abject terror is, is kind of what I'm looking for here. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a return to some kind of equilibrium is 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 on the horizon, which feels good. But oh god, Trump's not going to be president anymore, guys. <laughs> it's that's, a, that's it's the, a great day. That's it. That, that, that's that, that's that's the follow up. You know, it's I just was, yeah. I was so just, afraid he was going to win. Uh, yeah, really it's just, we all were, that, and that's where we are. Like you know, we we've every show we do is political, and I remember like um when we were planning shows like six months ago. Hannah was like, "Do we want to do a political show coming close to the election?" And as we got closer and closer, we, we were just all, all four of us were like, "No, <laughs> no, we don't." <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, anyway. I mean, what else could we? What else was there to say at this point? It's just like, right. well, 
Like, yeah. Yeah. So this, yeah. this show, this is just, we just needed to get a bunch. I mean, thanks for joining us. We had to get so much off of our chest. We, we, this is just, if nothing else, this is cathartic for us. We have feelings too. Even quirky, odd little Marxists like us. <laughs> You're right. We'll we, need, we need teachers. Like us. Our odd little Marxist channel. Uh, who, who are going to get off this channel and then yeah. open a ball of champagne like petty bourgeoisie. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm gonna eat dinner and then nap. I think is my plan. Well, anyway, uh, if people want to read about your dinner, and I don't know, no, that makes no sense. Uh, Katya, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, as always, you can find me on Instagram at just that nerd kid. Uh, I also recently logged on to Twitter for the first time in I think literally years, maybe. Since PCA, um, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you can also find me at, also find me at just on mm-hmm. Twitter. I might no, tweet sometime. I did. I tweeted both of I know, I know. And then and and that was it until the next time a full moon falls on an equinox and the while Venus is rising. It's also just one of those Twitter cats since 2009. It's entirely too long. She's tweeted 12 times in that time. Um, (laughs) I tweeted more than that. I remember Twitter before hashtags Um, weren't. I mean, I guess you can follow me on. Twitter at Hannah Lee Rogers, where I did tweet and it was it was about Mississippi. <laughs> Surprise. Um, but uh, if you look in the show notes, you can perhaps if you have money, donate to the New Georgia Project and um, fair fight. Um, if you are interested in sending money to people organizing in Georgia. And you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all of those same places, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at Vox Popcast. You can also follow the show on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe. We've been we've been getting a few more subscribers. We still haven't hit our magic 100 number where we can have a custom URL, which I really, really want. That's what I want for Christmas. Make everybody go out and just like just get all your friends to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go there, like, subscribe, hit that bell. That's the thing people say, right? Got to hear YouTube person hitting bells. Yeah. People hit bells. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. Subscribing and hitting bells and giving us five stars and rating us. All those things help other people find the show by tweaking the algorithm and making us more popular, especially on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you write us a five star review and say something that just nice for us to read. It don't not only makes us more popular, but it makes us feel good. And if you've been listening for the last hour and a half, you realize just, you know, how chaotic our brains have been over the last year to four. And we just, you know, sanity is important, people, you know, yep. I do think it's a miracle. We've put out a show every single week, except for that one time we had technical difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we bring this show to you. Please just say something nice to us. Five, five stars and just just tell us i mean clearly we're losing our minds just you know what i want i want to see a review I'm on, sorry, losing i think you know, lost. I, I want to see i want to see how many like itunes reviews we can get that just say five stars eugenics bad and then just to say yes. why <laughs> that would be awesome uh if you can't, and youtube just if, if, you us, you do that, I will, if you do that i will retweet you the void for the, the all of 12 followers I have but, yeah. five stars this is an odd little Marxist show 
<laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. See, we're we're writing the reviews for you, but also comment to us on our blog at www.boxpopcast.com where you can find out about what we're going to be talking about next week. You can read show notes. You can give us your comments on shows before we have them or afterwards, and you can give us your thoughts. And you can do the same thing on Facebook where we repost all those things. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening. I'd like to thank the United States of America for just ending this nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to thank Chuck Todd for calling it so I don't have to watch him anymore. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Trump has reportedly said to allies that he will have to be dragged out of the White House kicking and screaming. Good.